0: Hey there, Mike Stelzner. Before we get started with today's episode on Snapchat ads. Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training And become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Savannah Sanchez, and we're going to explore Snapchat ads. Yes, you heard it right Snapchat ads. If you know you need to diversify off of Facebook and Instagram, then you definitely want to check out this episode. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. If you have any questions or if you want to share with your friends, be sure to tag me on Instagram. By the way, if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. I've got some amazing stuff coming your way. And finally, are you on Clubhouse? If you're on Clubhouse, check me out. I am at Stelzner on Clubhouse. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon. So don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. All right, let's transition over this week's interview with Savannah Sanchez. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Savannah Sanchez. If you don't know who Savannah is, you need to know who she is. She is a Snapchat ads pro and founder of Social Savannah, a consultancy that helps e-commerce brands with paid social media. She's also got a Snapchat ads marketing course. Savannah, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, so nice to be here.
0: Super awesome to have you. Hey, before we get into Snapchat ads, I would love to hear your story. How in the world did you get into Snapchat and ultimately into the, the paid ad side of things on Snapchat?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, my background is in media buying. So, I do media buying on all channels Facebook, Google, Snapchat being one of them. Um, I used to work at a large e commerce advertising agency where about two and a half years ago, I started the Snapchat department at the agency. Mm. So, that's how I got into the world of Snapchat ads. This is right when um, the platform just got released for Snap ads, and I was helping e commerce brands just start testing out on Snap. So, I was able to get access to a lot of ad accounts to that agency, helping a lot of big brands. And then just recently, about nine months ago, I decided that I was going to go off on my own and just work with brands directly as a consultant. And what's been really surprising this year in 2020, now pretty much all of my business is people coming to me who want Snapchat ads specifically. Mm. So that's been really cool. So I've been able to work with a lot of cool brands this year on their Snapchat ads for the media buying and ad creatives. So that's been my my journey to Snapchat ads so far.
0: What was it like just out of curiosity working at the agency? Did you get a chance to work with some early bigger brands on the ads front? Or did you get a chance to see stuff that maybe hasn't even rolled out yet to the general public?
1: Yeah. So at the agency, when I was first working with some brands on Snapchat, I definitely have seen like the evolution of Snapchat, I guess, over the last couple of years. Like it started with like pretty minimal tracking, minimal targeting but I've been able to see over the last couple of years just the advancement of the platform and how much more sophisticated it's gotten. I would say in the last year in particular, things have really um, been dialed in for e-commerce brands and Snapchat's become a lot more effective and their pixel has improved a lot. So I've definitely seen the evolution since I first started working at that agency doing Snap to where my clients are now with Snapchat. It's it's a world of difference.
0: There's a lot of people listening right now that work for corporate America or for agencies? What do you want to say to people listening that are thinking about going off on their own and starting their own thing? How has that journey been for you?
1: Oh, I I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a personal preference thing. Personally, I love working one-on-one with clients and being in the weeds of the media buying and doing the ad creatives. So for me, I really just wanted to work directly with clients. And of course, like the freedom that comes with that as well of, of owning your own business, and, and taking on your own brands. So it's been an amazing experience and I, I would recommend it to anyone who has like similar ambitions um, just to make the leap, see what happens.
0: So tell everybody what you're doing now, you know, about nine months into the journey specifically for your clients, like who are your ideal clients and what kinds of things are you doing that are Snapchat related?
1: For sure. So I work with a handful of e-commerce brands. Most of them are spending anywhere from 50000 to 150000 on Snapchat ads per month. And I work with some interesting brands like Kitch Accessories on Snapchat, Doe Lashes, Our Place, which is a pan. Um, I work with a brand called Printy Pets. They sell like you can print your dog on a blanket, mm. uh, Lollaboo, baby wearing... Um blendjet blenders. So it's kind of a, a broad range of, of product categories I work with on Snap, which has been really interesting.
0: Now, I know you're also working on a course, which maybe we'll talk about at the end of the interview, but do you need to spend that kind of money to be successful on Snapchat, or can the smaller businesses also find value in Snapchat?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I have a lot of friends that also run Snapchat ads for their brands, and you can be spending even like fifty to one hundred dollars a day and still see significant results come through. So it's just more of where i've I've carved myself out is i I work more with like the larger brands who are quote unquote, ready to scale on Snapchat. But a lot of the brands I started out with, they were not spending fifty thousand dollars a month. A lot of brands come to me because, they've never advertised on Snapchat and they want to just work with an expert that knows what they're doing for Snap. So most of these brands, we started out with zero and spending maybe like a hundred dollars a day. And we've just been able to scale up over the last few months to be spending a hundred K a month, which has been really cool.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk about the business case for Snapchat ads. Like, Why ought marketers consider Snapchat for advertising? Tell us some of the maybe statistics or demographics maybe to begin with as far as who that target audience is and maybe any other reasons why you you feel like Snapchat could be really valuable?
1: For sure. So just personally, as a marketer, I think channel diversification is really important. And there's a lot of reliance on Facebook advertising for a lot of brands. And I've seen a big shift, especially over the last six months of brands that and, and companies that want to diversify their portfolio of spend a bit more. So trying out Snapchat, Pinterest, TikTok, seeing if they can make these smaller channels work for them, instead of having all of your eggs in one basket for Facebook. Another thing is that For brands that are already doing Facebook advertising, there's a completely different audience on Snap than on Facebook, especially between the 13 and 24-year-old age group. There's a very large portion of those who exclusively use Snapchat, but don't log into Facebook or Instagram. So it's really great for reaching a brand new audience too that you haven't previously reached on Facebook and Instagram. I think an interesting stat I got from Snap was that in the US, UK, France, Canada, and Australia, Snapchat reaches more... 13, 24 year olds than either Facebook or Snapchat, or than Facebook or Instagram. So definitely a new audience there.
0: Fascinating. So if you're going after the the young adult or the teenager, then that's the audience. That's the platform where you're gonna find them. And I know they're also on Instagram, but it sounds like they're even more on Snapchat. Just out of curiosity, do you have any sense of how many people are using Snapchat?
1: Yeah. So Snapchat has from this stat that I pulled about a month ago, so we'll see if this is the same, but had 230 million active daily users. And on average, people spend 30 minutes a day on Snapchat. So it's Mm. a very engaged platform as well. And they open Snapchat 30 times per day on average, which is pretty crazy.
0: Do you have any sense of what they're doing with Snapchat? Are they mostly using it for messaging or do you feel like they're also going in there and, uh, and consuming content?
1: It's a bit of both. So the messaging part is a really big portion of it. Um, but also just snapping back and forth to their friends. And, and then the discover feed is really interesting because that's where they have publisher content, short videos, short episodes, if you will. And that's getting a lot of viewership, especially over the last six months. and That's increased a lot of people, like people interacting with just like watching like the episodes on Snapchat.
0: All right, perfect. So we've got kind of the high level overview of like the demographics of Snapchat The main value prop that I'm hearing from you is if you're targeting that 13 to 24-year-old teenager slash young adult, this is the platform. Is there any other reasons why people might want to consider? And you also mentioned diversification, right? So if you're feeling like you're getting diminishing returns on Facebook and you're targeting people in that demographic, then maybe Snapchat would be a worthy place to consider some of your ad revenue. Any other major reasons why at least your clients are finding a lot of value on Snapchat?
1: Well, I think the probably the biggest reason, which I didn't even mention, was that it's so much cheaper than Facebook as well. Like mm. we're seeing CPMs often like five to 10 times cheaper than what we do on Facebook. So I think that's probably the biggest reason and opportunity of why Snapchat, especially now, it's not overcrowded with advertisers like Facebook is. I and mean, you can still take advantage of really cheap traffic. We're seeing like CPMs anywhere from like $1 to $5, where we see it from like, 40 plus on Facebook at times, especially during holiday. So much cheaper. But of course, like you have to weigh in conversion rate too. And that's what's been really cool to see with my clients is that we've been able to see the same conversion rate on Snapchat and the similar return on ad spend as Facebook while still getting a lot more cheap traffic to the site. So I think number one is it's a lot cheaper to advertise on Snapchat than it is on Facebook. Secondly, Snapchat is so easy to set up like the platform is really intuitive. I find Facebook to be pretty clunky and if you click the wrong button then everything's messed up and you have to have a lot of knowledge I guess to set up things in Facebook Ads manager at least I think it's it's still pretty clunky but the Snapchat ad platform is so easy to set up it's really intuitive. you really can't go wrong um, when you're just like going through the campaign setup it's not like Facebook where, there's so many different ways you right. can go wrong with the setup. It's it's really straightforward. Um, and that's been a big thing for my clients that they've enjoyed. It's just the simplicity of the platform. And then lastly, I would say I did want to mention that It's not just for 13 and 24 year olds on Snap.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask that. Keep going. Yeah.
1: It's not just for kids and teens because that's what a lot of people come to me and say. They're like, hey, like my market is 25 year old plus or 30 plus. Can I still advertise on Snapchat? The answer is definitely yes. It's not going to be as much scale or as many people 30 plus on Snap as there is between like 13 and 25. However... I'm working with a couple clients where we're seeing really great results with like 30 plus year old moms. Like, I sell product that's for um, new moms, it's baby wearing accessories, and that does really well on Snapchat for them, like an insanely high ROAS, way more than on Facebook. So, definitely not just for teenagers, but you are going to get more of an audience between 13 and 25. It's a smaller audience on 30 plus, but you could definitely still find them on Snapchat and take advantage of those cheap CPMs.
0: Awesome. All right, well, let's talk about the different kinds of campaigns that we can run within Snapchat. To talk to us a little bit about that. And well, actually, I know we've got a bunch of notes here that you and I talked about. So why don't you just go ahead and like at a high level, maybe let's go through all the different kinds of campaign types and then we can dig in on a couple of them if you know some questions come up.
1: So for campaign types for Snapchat, For my clients, I'm typically running website conversion campaigns because I'm working with e commerce brands. So, optimizing towards a purchase goal. Um, You can also optimize towards like adding to cart, making wanting to get traffic campaigns through the website conversion campaigns. Also, the catalog sales campaign is really effective for e commerce. So essentially what this does is that it syncs up with your product catalog, like if you're on Shopify, and it'll show dynamic product ads of the products that people are viewing on your site or adding to cart. Um, So very similar to Facebook's dynamic product ads. But if you're not an e-commerce store, there's still a lot of objectives that you can use to reach your goals. So you could do awareness campaigns, app installs, um, drive traffic to an app, engagement, video views. There's even a lead generation campaign. Where you can really easily collect leads from Snapchat as well. So, definitely a variety of, of objectives, not just for e commerce.
0: So, video views and lead generation, talk to us a little bit about maybe the different ways that people are using those kinds of campaign types on Snapchat. Hypothetical scenarios, right? Like, why would somebody just want a video view on Snapchat? Is that that's mostly a branding campaign, I'm assuming, right? Or are you just targeting people that viewed your videos?
1: It's definitely a brand awareness play. Uh, And there's a few different ad types that you can use for a video views campaign. Something that I've seen work really well for my clients when doing video views is six-second unskippable commercials. So you can optimize so that when people are watching the Discover Feed content, those short episodes, you can have a six-second unskippable commercial interrupt during those. And it's funny because Snapchat actually just came out with this huge study that showed the effectiveness of six second ads as opposed to 15 seconds so that's been a really great opportunity for my clients something that i would recommend testing is the six second unskippable commercials kind of like how you would a youtube ad where it plays in the middle of a video or an in-stream video ad on facebook now it's just on snapchat um, interrupting that content
0: just out of curiosity when you throw out there a six second unskippable commercial and if you're doing a video view objective or campaign Is there no call to action? Is there no click here to learn more? Is it just a little video that plays?
1: You can definitely add a call to action. So for e-commerce, I'm always optimizing for people to swipe up and purchase. You could definitely optimize for that six second commercial, but still add that CTA to swipe up to go to the site.
0: Let's talk about uh, retargeting. What kind of retargeting options does Snapchat offer and how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah. So for Snapchat retargeting, you can create custom audiences. So you can upload an email list or a phone number list and retarget people based off of that custom audience. You can also build lookalike audiences based off of your custom audience uploads. For retargeting, you can retarget based off pixel apps. So if you place a pixel on your site, And you want to retarget anyone who's been to a product page in the last month or anyone who's added to cart in the last month or not purchased. Or if you want to remind your purchasers to come back to your site, introduce them to a new product, you can create audiences based off of people who've purchased off the Pixel. So the Snap Pixel will help populate retargeting audiences or you can upload your own audience to retarget on Snap.
0: Does Snapchat allow you to easily create all sorts of different retargeting audiences like Facebook does, for example. Let's say you have lots of pages on your website. It, does it make it super easy to say, all right, anybody who visited this page is going to be in this audience. Anybody that visited this page is going to be in this audience. And is it super easy to use?
1: Yeah, that's the thing about Snapchat ads. It's so intuitive. Like even if you just made your account today and you started clicking around, it's so easy to get set up and to set up your audiences. So you can retarget off of any website events, any web pages. And also you can retarget based off of ad engagement. So like people who have viewed your videos or have swiped up from your video and have been served an impression by you. So there's a lot of different audiences that are also populated within Snapchat just based off of how people are interacting with your Snapchat ads. And I found those audiences have been really great in terms of return ad spend, those re-engagement audiences.
0: You mentioned app installs earlier. Does that only apply if you have your own app or can you target people who installed any other kind of an
1: app? I'm not sure, to be honest, because I don't run many app install campaigns. I know you can target Snapchatters who engage with your app. Mm. So Got it. I'm not sure about targeting other apps.
0: Let's talk about lookalike audiences. Talk to us about how that works. And you know, a lot of people are familiar with it from Facebook, but they may not be familiar with how Snapchat does it.
1: Yeah. So Snapchat has three different types of lookalike audiences. It's called a similarity lookalike, a balanced lookalike, and a reach lookalike. So essentially a similarity lookalike. So if you upload all of your past customers and you want to find people on Snapchat who are most similar to your past customers, a similarity lookalike is almost like a 1% lookalike on Facebook. It's the closest to who your core audience is. Whereas a balanced lookalike, I would say is more like a five percent look like on Facebook, a bit broader. And then a reach audience is the broadest look type where it's gonna be similar to like a 10% look like on Facebook. So that's kind of how I like to, to think about the comparison of the three different lookalike options.
0: Is there anything else about campaign types that we did not address? We've talked about lookalike audiences. We've talked about retargeting, lead generation, video views, app installs. Anything else that we need to know before I move on to my next question as far as like campaign types?
1: I don't know if we're talking about the different interest targeting.
0: No, I don't think we did.
1: Okay, for sure. So I would say that's actually like one of the best audiences that I use on Snapchat is targeting the different interests. So similar to Facebook, you can choose from like broad interest categories, like people who like fashion or sports enthusiasts. But what's really cool about Snapchat that's different than Facebook is that you can get a lot more granular with the interest targeting and you can target based off of behaviors. So I don't know if you remember like a year ago, Facebook phased out behavior targeting due to privacy issues. Well, Snapchat doesn't have those same privacy issues, so they're really give a lot of options to advertisers in terms of making audiences based off behaviors. So like people who are recently married, people in these income brackets. What's also cool is Snapchat has a partnership with Visa. So you can target people based off of what they've purchased recently. So you can target people who have recently purchased baby products or recently purchased jewelry. So those audiences are really great because it's not just like on Facebook, where you have to target broad interest, like you're actually targeting people who have recently purchased from that category of whatever you're selling, which has been probably like the best audiences that I've tested on Snapchat are like these audiences based off of purchasers of your same type of products.
0: Love it. Now on the interests, is it just a bunch of broad categories of interests? Are there thousands or tens of thousands of interests? Let's just start with the interest side of things. Like how narrow can you go?
1: I haven't actually counted how many different interest categories there are, but from what I can remember, there's more than enough. Whatever your category is or whatever you're selling, there's going to be some sort of interest category for it. People who have recently purchased this or have recently attended this football game or frequently visits fast food restaurants. It's pretty crazy how, how detailed the targeting is, but maybe one day I'll go in and actually count it, how many different options they give you.
0: Do they combine what you refer to as behavior targeting and interest kind of together, or are they two separate things? Do you understand where I'm going with that? Because you were mentioning how they partner with, I think you said Visa or MasterCard to get that you know, um, purchase kind of information. But is that something different than interests, or do you understand what I'm asking?
1: It's all within the same, like when you're setting up your ad set within Snapchat, it's all under something called advanced demographics. Mm. Um, is where you can pick like, you want to target people who are recent college graduates or make this much money or new parents. That's kind of where that type of behavioral data lives.
0: You can target by age too, presumably.
1: Yep. You can say like, it's pretty, I just pulled up some of the the interest targeting. So you can say people, um, different ages, of course. Are you a mom of one t- child or two children? Mm. Is your child between four and six years old? Is your occupation blue collar? Are you a stay at home mom? It's kind of crazy.
0: So it sounds like the the way they're getting this data isn't necessarily by the way people are interacting with content on the platform, but more third-party data integration with partners, which is what Facebook stopped doing.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: That's fascinating. Very cool. All right. Well, my next question has to do with the types of ads that we can run on the platform. So... A lot of people listening might not be active on Snapchat, so we might need to kind of describe what this stuff looks like. But what are the options slash placements that we have available to us as an advertiser on Snapchat?
1: Yeah, most definitely. So there's a few different ad types. I'll go over the most popular ones and the ones that I use for my clients. And the first one being just like the single image or video ads. So this is going to be like the most similar to an Instagram story where it's either interrupting their friend's Stories when they're browsing through those or interrupting content, it's like it's usually around like a 15 second video ad. So I would always compare that closely to what Instagram stories is. Got it. What you can also run is a story ad. So, not that they kind of make it confusing with the naming, a story ad is actually what goes in the Discover feed. So, if you want to buy a tile in the Discover feed, so that when people click on that tile, then it rotates through your different videos similar to the publisher content, then that is considered a story feed ad.
0: Just for clarification, if people don't know what a tile is, why don't you explain what that is?
1: I know. It, it's hard to visualize. Uh, it's funny because when I talk to my clients. None of them have Snapchat or a bit on Snapchat. I'm trying to explain what, what right. is a Discover feed. Right. So what it is, is that it's essentially these different blocks and they're usually owned by publishers. So one will be like 17 Magazine, like see what... Um, Ariana Grande is doing so it's a lot of like celebrity content and they can click on that tile block and it takes them through a series of videos where if you're a brand like what I do like for instance for my client printy pets that sells blankets with your dog photo on it I buy the tile for the story ad and I put the photo of the dog on the blanket and I say like, see the best gift for pet lovers. And then they click on that tile and then it takes them through a series of videos and then they can swipe up from there.
0: It's almost like a carousel ad except yeah, with videos, exactly. right? On Facebook. Okay, got yep.
1: it. Oh, I would definitely recommend downloading Snapchat and going to the Discover feed and then you can see some examples of the Discover feed ads um, for story ads.
0: Perfect. So you were talking about a single image or video ad which presumably is inside of stories on Snapchat, and then the story ad, which is in this discover feed you were talking about, right? Did I get that right? Exactly. That's perfect. (laughs) Is there any functional difference between the way these ads work and look other than the fact that they're located in different places?
1: With the story ads on the discover feed, it's opting in. like People have to click on it to opt in to watch the videos. So I find those to be really effective because people actually want to watch the content. They're clicking on the tile to go through your videos of what you're selling. Whereas a single image or single video ad, those are like your Instagram story ads where they're interrupting people. So I guess it's the difference between, do you want to interrupt people during when they're looking at their friends' stories? Or do you want them to opt into watching their content, just like they would opt into like watch an episode on Snapchat?
0: It sounds like the story ads have a little bit of content in there and it's not just a pure pitch. Is that fair or is that totally off?
1: No, it, it's very true. I would say the best content for story ads is if you're telling, the, ironically, more of a story. Right. Those seem to, to work better, even like a bit longer form content, like a minute or two minutes. So, for instance, I'm working with a brand that sells um, fake eyelashes. And so we run our regular videos in our single image ads that kind of just interrupt people's feeds and those work well but we found what actually works the best is when we do the story ads and we buy like that discover feed tile and we do like different makeup tutorials on those we show like application videos of of people putting on the lashes so people have to opt in to watch like the makeup tutorial or how to apply the lashes and we're giving more like education and more like a brand video as opposed to like just a pitch like you mentioned
0: so the video ad slash single image that goes into the Snapchat stories, it sounds like that's just a few seconds, six to fifteen. Is that is that accurate? Did I hear you right on that? Or
1: yep, okay. Most that, are between six and fifteen. Um, the sweet spot kind of being between six and ten seconds.
0: And then the story ads, which is in the Discover feed, if I got that right, um, those those can be longer. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, I think up to two minutes.
0: And do they have? like segments in them, kind of like, like an Instagram story would, you understand what I'm asking? Like a traditional Instagram. I, again, I'm, you know, I'm speaking to so many of my audience that's so familiar <laughs> with Instagram, but is there like little, little like sections yes. they go through kind of one at a time kind of thing?
1: Yeah. I believe they divide it up into like 15 second segments.
0: Got it. Okay. Perfect. But you can
1: upload like one big video and then they'll just chop it up just like a Instagram story carousel.
0: Are there any other uh, ad options placements that we didn't mention other than these two?
1: There's definitely a few more um, that I'll quickly go through, but those two being like the biggest ones, that I I probably put ninety percent of the budget towards those two for my clients. There's also collection ads. So what you can, it's just like a regular video ad, but it will show your products on top of the video, so people can actually click on the products, which is cool.
0: How does that work exactly? Is that like a transparent PNG that that's on top of the video or something when you say it's on top of the video?
1: Yeah, it puts it like in like four boxes at the bottom of the video. You could pick up to four products. It's mm. it's kind of similar to like a collection ad on Facebook.
0: Okay, cool. Where it
1: has the products underneath the video, but instead on Snapchat the products are on like on top of the video.
0: So the collection ads, where are those typically showing up? Are those showing up in the same two locations you just talked about? Or are they in their own kind of location?
1: No, they're, they're the same. It's just like interrupts people when they're watching their friends' stories. And then it'll show your video, but it'll also show the products on top. It just to eliminate any barrier to purchase so that when people go to your website, they may not know where your products are, where this type of ad placement with the collection ad, the products are on top of the video, so They could just click on the product they want. So it just, it eliminates that step, which is pretty cool. So I've seen the collection ads be pretty effective.
0: Uh, quick question, going back to the main first ad we talked about, which is the stories ad that you see as you're watching your friend's stories. Let's talk about like how that normally would show up and does it show up also when, when you're getting a private message from people or is it only when you're watching somebody else's stories?
1: there's no ads within the messaging portion yet. It's only when you're watching your friend's stories or if your friend sends you a story video, then it will interrupt that. Like when it's at the end of the video, it'll, it'll go to the ad and then it'll go to the next video.
0: Do people that watch stories on Snapchat generally just start watching them and let them play naturally through do they, or do they have to like take an action to go to the next story? I'm just curious, like how that ad gets in there in, in kind of a natural organic way.
1: It just goes naturally through until they opt out, until they swipe away. Got it. Essentially. Yeah.
0: So let's say you're watching a story from me when you're done with that story from me. And let's say I've got a couple things in that story. It's going to be when I'm done with that story and, and it's about to go to someone else's story. It's right there that they inject that ad. Is that correct?
1: Exactly. Yep. Perfect. Yep.
0: And then when somebody does choose to act on these ads, is it, a swipe up kind of behavior is it a click behavior? Does it take them off the app? How does that work exactly?
1: It's a great question. It is a swipe up, so I use a lot of overlays on my ads that encourage people to swipe up, so that they know that's the action. Or I have like a voiceover It says like "Swipe up to shop." So having a swipe up CTA is really important, and then it takes you to like a mobile browser version of your website. I don't know if it takes you completely off the app, kind of like how when you're on Instagram and you click on a website, you're still within Instagram. Right. And then it'll pop up a browser.
0: Just out of curiosity, does Snapchat provide pretty good analytics and metrics for advertisers to kind of know what kind of actions people are taking on your ads?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's just as advanced as Facebook's analytics in a way. So in terms of like reporting return on ad spend... Click-through rate, cost per click, website purchase conversion value, CPMs, all of your main metrics, you're going to have easy access to on Snapchat ads. And then looking at different attribution windows too. So if you want to look at 28-day click one one day view, which is like the typical Facebook attribution window, or you can look at smaller attribution windows like one day or seven day or not include a view. So they kind of mirrored the same metrics that Facebook reports as well as the different attribution windows, I think, so that there's less barrier to entry of people who know Facebook and they want to try Snap. When you go on Snap, you're going to recognize a lot of the same things in terms of the layout, but just a lot more simplified.
0: Earlier in this discussion, you talked about lead generation as a campaign type. How does it work? I mean, I know there's Facebook lead ads where it pops up literally pre-filled out forms. Any sense of how the lead generation objective or campaign type Works on Snapchat.
1: Yeah, it's actually pretty similar to the Facebook um, like autofill um, in terms of like it, it has like its own little like you you can choose what questions you ask and then it'll help autofill some of the information. So it's pretty similar to Facebook.
0: Does it provide email automatically? Because I'm trying to remember Snapchat. I think you just need a phone number. You don't need an email, do you? Or do you? Don't you? I don't. I don't recall to, to set up an account.
1: Most people sign up with their phone number. It looks like for autofill, it can fill in full name, email, zip code, and phone number. Like those are the main things that it can help fill in.
0: Perfect. Is there anything else about the ad options or placements that we did not yet talk about before we start talking about creative a little bit?
1: No, I think we we covered the main ones. Um, I would say just bringing up back up like this, the unskippable commercials um, the dynamic product ads. Also, one one thing I didn't mention was lenses. So you, you can buy a lens so that when people are um, shooting stuff with the snap camera and you want to have like your brand overlay on it or some fun like augmented reality effect, you can also purchase those within Snapchat. But I think that's mostly like larger brands like Nike and NBA. Like those seem to be like the only ones that are really taking advantage of the lens placement because I think they're more expensive to buy.
0: Yeah. I, w- I, I kind of remember when I was active on Snapchat that a lot of times when movies would come out, you'd have these major movie studios, you know, like come out with, you know, these lenses, which I would imagine they paid a fortune for, right? Because they were available to like just about all users. At least that's how it was back in the day. I don't know how that works anymore, but I would also imagine it's got to be costly to make them, right? Because you're talking about having to create some sort of like 3D augmented Mm -hmm. reality kind of tech and those can't come cheap.
1: Oh, for sure. I think that it's getting cheaper, like especially as like more agencies pop up that are specializing in making augmented reality. I've seen some pretty cool things that brands have done, like makeup brands that will basically put like a full face of makeup on you or trying different like lipstick colors with augmented reality or seeing like how like Gucci shoes are going to look on you. I think I saw that out on Snapchat. So a lot of these brands are experimenting with augmented reality through like the lens ad placement, which is pretty cool to see.
0: I remember back in the day, you could create a custom, I don't think lens is the right word. geo filter? Yeah. You know, when someone stepped into a location, all of a sudden, like, like at social media marketing world. We created, yeah, I think it was geo filters, um, and that was a paid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, are they still doing that? Is that still an option that you can add a geo filter to your location if someone pops into your, you know, geo yeah. fence? Okay, mm-hmm. is that yeah. worth doing?
1: I personally haven't done it just because I work with e-commerce brands, so it's, it's I've never worked in like event advertising or like small business. But um, I think it would, it would definitely be worth doing. Like if you had like a restaurant and you want your own lens, uh, that would be pretty cool. Or an event, like you said, that would be really memorable to have a special lens for it or a geo filter.
0: Let's talk about creative. What do we need to know about, you know, creating the actual ad itself on Instagram?
1: On Snapchat.
0: I'm sorry, Snapchat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you tell I talk about Instagram a lot? I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> no, me too. Me too. It all just like swirls in my head. Yes. All these different platforms, especially when we're talking about Instagram stories versus Snapchat stories. Right, 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 right. It all blends. Yeah. So let's
0: talk about the creative when it comes to Snapchat. Like, what do we need to know as far as actually making ads on the platform?
1: For sure. So when I'm working with a client on Snapchat ads, usually the first thing we'll test is, and what I'll ask them is what's working for you on Instagram stories? Since Instagram stories is similar in terms of like less than 15 seconds and nine by 16 format, usually the first thing we test is just take whatever's working on your Instagram stories and try it on Snapchat. But what I would say from my experience running Snapchat ads is Snapchat is a lot more UGC focused in terms of ad creative. So what that means is that for your ad creatives, the ads that work best is if it's filmed with an iPhone, someone's taking a selfie, talking about the product, UGC meaning user generated content. So on Snapchat, even more so than on Instagram, you want to make sure it doesn't look like an ad. It looks really organic. You want it to look like it's your friend snapping you it's essentially the best way to think about it. And keeping it short, sweet.
0: Quick question on UGC. Do you have the option if uh, a user did talk about your brand to somehow ask for permission to be able to use that story inside of one of your ads?
1: That would be super cool, but... Definitely not. <laughs> I haven't seen that. But what a lot of people do, a lot of brands, is they'll take the user generated content that they're getting from like their Instagram. I see. So people posting on like Instagram stories or on Instagram feeds and they'll, or with like their influencer outreach, and they'll use that content for Snapchat ads. So just as long as it looks really organic and not like an ad is essentially the best way to make ads for Snap.
0: Why is it that it needs to look organic? Like tell everybody like why that's so important on Snapchat.
1: I think for Snapchat, especially when when people are going through their friend's snaps, they're so used to seeing like a face. There's no like graphic overlays or animations, really. It's all about just like their friend's really just snapping their day, like the food that they're eating, where they're visiting, if they're on vacation, the scenery and like selfies. So that's what people are used to seeing on Snapchat. So if you can kind of blend in as much as possible with what people are organically consuming on Snap and make it like a selfie style ad or filmed with your iPhone and try to limit the amount of like production value, I guess. <laughs> like if it looks like a car commercial ad that you see on TV, people are gonna instantly flip away from it because it looks like a commercial. Whereas if you're using UGC, you have that split, split that split second where you can trick someone to thinking, is this my friend snapping me or is this an ad? And just that second can make all the difference in them watching the rest of the ad instead of just flipping away right away.
0: Can you think of one of your clients that you've been working with and maybe talk through an example of maybe one of the creative ads that you've done for them and that have worked really well for them just so people can kind of visualize how this might look?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I am I've mentioned I'm working with a fake eyelash brand, um, adhesive eyelashes, doe lashes. And what's interesting is that what works really well for them is actually taking content from TikTok. So, Hmm. We, whenever someone posts a TikTok about us, we download that and run it as a Snapchat ad. And I think because TikTok follows a lot of those same principles, like they're all filmed with an iPhone, they all look have low production quality, but it's all user generated content. So we have a ton of videos running on Snapchat from TikTok users who have applied the eyelashes are giving their honest review. So TikTok has, in, has it's funny how like these plan, these channels all play into each other. Um, TikTok has been a great way to get content and use that style of content for your Snapchat ads because they, they kind of follow the same principles in terms of what works best.
0: Do you cover up the TikTok logo or do you just not worry about it and it doesn't even matter? Or how do you handle that?
1: A great question. So I found a website. And if you Google it, I'm sure you can find it too. I it's like download TikTok video without watermark.
0: Ah okay.
1: <laughs> I think the website might be called Snap Okay. Cool. You just enter the the video for the TikTok uploads and then you could download it without the watermark and then run it on Snapchat ads or Instagram ads. So that's been something I do for a lot of my clients is run run those TikTok videos without the watermark.
0: Now I would imagine everything is unmuted, right? You don't have to worry about like telling people to unmute the ads or are they muted or how does that work exactly as far as the audio?
1: It's a bit of both. So people do listen to Snapchat a lot with sound on. So it, a lot more than they do on Facebook or Instagram. But I usually do like to have captions. So if I have someone talking in an ad, for instance, I'd like to have at least some text on top that either says like swipe up or like a quick value prop about the product just in case they don't have the sound on. I want to make sure that if they do listen with sound off, that the ad still makes sense. That, that's kind of how I, I I judge it before I launch it.
0: Doesn't that signal if you have captions that it's an ad?
1: Well, we like to make the text as organic looking as possible. So we'll use like the organic, like TikTok looking text or like the Snapchat text. Mm. So we'll try to make it look as organic as possible.
0: Got it. So what I'm hearing you say is just like with Instagram, a lot of times people do write notes over the top of their stories on on Snapchat. So it wouldn't feel as if it was an actual caption, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. It's
0: more like an abstract of what's being said, presumably, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's, It's about being sneaky with it. Like, how can I make this look as much like a Snapchat organic post as possible? So like using that organic text overlays, just like you would on Instagram, is how we do that.
0: What about adding sound effects or music or anything like that? Do you recommend that? Do you discourage that when it comes to ads on Snapchat?
1: Well, because most people are listening with sound on, it is really important to think about the audio as well. So I like doing sound overlays or like someone talking. So I work with a brand that does like fashion. And so if we have a video of like a girl trying on like a skirt or whatever, We can have a a voice overlay saying like, oh, shop this skirt for $20, swipe up now. That has that like audio call to action to swipe up to shop too. Um, And then some gentle background music. I wouldn't recommend running an ad without any sound because I think that would seem a bit unorganic to the platform. I think you should have some sort of voice overlay or like gentle music.
0: I know you said you can do a single image, but do you recommend some sort of video over images, is there any reason you would want to use an image? Does it have to do with available creativity? Creative, I mean, why would you ever want to use an image when you can maybe animate it or somehow make a video out of it? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I would definitely say video performs better than images. Even if you just have an image and you just add like a couple gifts GIFs to it or just some slight animations to bring it to life, that will help a lot. Um, So some of it does just come back to like, does the brand have creative resources to make video ads? Which is why they would, might run image ads. I have seen, in particular, for fashion e-commerce brands, if they do have like really good like lifestyle photography, I have ran those as snap ads, just the photography of like the girl wearing the cute outfit, and those have actually worked pretty well. So I wouldn't say don't run photos at all. Videos is definitely be your bread and bread butter. But if you are in apparel, particularly, then I've seen photo ads work pretty well.
0: Do you get charged for an ad even if someone skips it instantly? Or how does that work exactly? Is there like a certain period of time after which you get charged or do you get charged no matter whether they see it for a microsecond or not?
1: I think you you have to pay per impression, like a CPM basis. So I'm assuming that it just, no matter what time.
0: Got it. All right. Well, listen, you know, we have, um, you've answered a million questions, Savannah. Thank you so much, <laughs> first of all, for answering all my questions. And I know um, if people want to check you out, um, they can find out more about you. Where Where do you want to send everybody if they want to learn more about you and all the cool things you've got going on?
1: For sure. My website is com, And that's where you can find all of my content I actually have a specific landing page um, for social media examiner listeners. It's going to be the com slash SME. And on there, I'll particularly put all of my Snapchat content. So links to my YouTube videos about Snapchat. I also have a Snapchat marketing course where if you want to learn the ins and outs of Snapchat media buying and more ad creative examples and best practices, I'll post a link on there as well. So that's the com slash SME.
0: Savannah Sanchez, thank you so much for coming on and demystifying Snapchat ads on behalf of all my listeners. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Michael.
0: Hey, just a quick reminder. Don't forget about our social media marketing workshops, 14 interactive workshops that are each live and two hours long, focused on organic and paid marketing with Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Check them out at marketingworkshops.live. Longtime listener let your friends know about this show. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.